Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. It's time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Wonderful. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. I'm just having some, you know, it's, it's that time of year when I have to deal with all the craziness of the allergies. Yeah, I know. That's so, going on for me, too. Yeah. Yucky. So other than that, um, I'm doing fine. Doing real good. Love to see everything blooming. Everything looks wonderful. We're in the upper 70s today. Sunshine. It's perfect. But today's Yay! a perfect weather. No humidity. Thank I love God. It. Sunny, no, as Stefano DiPietro said, you're going to find, have a hard time finding a cloud in the sky today. Now, I didn't look to prove him wrong, but I just like the blue skies. Yeah, it's nice. Love it. Love it. Very nice. And of course, the allergies are in full force. Yeah, they are. Mm -hmm. But you know, I slept last night for the very first time with my window near my bed, you know, open a couple inches. And... I was fine. Actually, it was one of the best sleep night sleeps I've had. Sleep yeah. I've had. That's good. Well, so I, I did that, and I was so hot I couldn't stand it. I turned the fan on, and all of a sudden, I don't know when it was, five o'clock this morning. I was shivering. Yes. Yeah, see, and I said, "Whoa, get rid of the happen? fan, man!" Yeah. Yikes. So um, put the covers all the way up, man, and it was just nice to have I that love kind that. of a I love at night when it's cool. Yes, it's now, great. Now, um, Lynn, so can we have full disclosure on my my um, my fair lady that's starting to haunt the hell out of me? Yeah. Go ahead. All right. So, you know, our, we talked last week and you were singing, you know, the rain in Spain stays mainly on or in the plane, whatever the hell it is. I keep saying hell, I'm sorry. Um, and <laughs> and so I said, what do you mean a song? So I, I, I guess I never really, and I think I sort of said that, I don't really know the play too well, I don't. And I, the movie, whatever. But the point is, Sunday morning, I'm watching CBS Sunday morning, and who's on but this woman, Diana, help me. Uh, I can't, who? The woman who's playing in My Fair Lady on Broadway. She's I don't 80 know. years old. Um, oh, Di- Diana Rigg. Yes. Riggs or and Rigg, yeah. she is on, and I'm, and they start saying, and I'm like, dear God, it's haunting me. Really, it it's haunting me. I, we, <laughs> when have we even talked about My Fair Lady? Never. When has it been on Broadway? Uh-huh. I don't know if it left and came back. I have no idea because I don't pay attention to that to that and, one. And a movie. Since then, you know, it's, yeah, it's but all I just I know, but the point is, I don't. There was nothing. I, I guess I guess I did remember that part, but didn't realize it was that play. Yes. And so now I feel like it's haunting. It's like coming after me. My it fair lady is ladies after me. It is. 
but it's a fun song. It is. And so I was singing it after it was on. I've been walking around my house okay. singing, even though you, you don't want me to sing now. You have to have that Cockney accent, too. I know. I know. But um, that woman is unbelievable yes, who's playing is. in she the is. play. She who's starring. Her... Uh, Resume, her what she's done is unbelievable, and she's I think she's 80 years old, if not older. Yep, yep, it is quite impressive. Unbelievable. Yeah, I'm glad that, and I think they didn't they uh, bring in Helen Mirren at, at one point uh, to do that? that? No, no, no. In the in the interview, there was something no. about, um, or maybe she just was also um, recently on some interview show. She was, and she and she said how much that she loves doing what she's doing, and she is um, 80 years old as well. But you know, you look you look at those women, and he's, well, I think. Diana Riggs more than more than Helen Mirren appears to be someone who has not had any work done, as they say. Oh yeah. But I think Helen Mirren may have only because I just look at her face and I don't see any wrinkles whatsoever. Nothing. It depends on who's doing the camera work. I think. Well, because maybe it does. But or the lighting event. and or the lighting because it sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't because even they had Elon Musk's mother on oh, yeah. who's a model yeah. and she's 70 years old yeah but we don't know whether she's had any work either she said I think she was talking about that if I'm not mistaken I don't think she has because it doesn't look it although she's thin you know so she's um, a beautiful woman. beautiful yeah she really is. Yeah, I mean that's it's just amazing, and I love to see women, shall we say, of a certain age doing yes. these, having these oh, opportunities, great. and the this stamina and the wherewithal, the ability to get out in Broadway is hard. Sure, is. I mean that's live, what six days a week. That is very and cool. matinee, whatever. I don't know how many a week they do. It's unbelievable. I don't either. It's unbelievable. Oh. Well, see, I should remember when I used to be on Broadway and uh, uh, oh God, right. they were in my dreams, I think. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, that was so it's haunting me, just so well, we know. Okay. All right. It's haunting. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and the rain has been mainly in Scranton, Pennsylvania lately. This is true. Because <laughs> it's been crazy. It has been. It's just nuts. I know. But but it's good. It's all it's good. By the way, Lynn, tonight, okay, that works. Yeah. So, yeah, you saw that too? Yes. Yay. Yay. Okay. Um, so, I want to talk a little bit too, um, which because I think this is really cool. <clears throat> One of our dear friends, Miss Diane Baldy, mm-hmm. of course, the CEO of Hospice of the Sacred Heart, and today celebrates the 15 years that hospice has been, hospice of the Sacred Heart has been in existence. Wow. I had Randy send me a press release, Randy Williams, who's their director of communications. And so I'm gonna, it's going to be reedy, which I don't really like to do, but I'm going to. So hospice of the Sacred Heart is celebrating 15 years of hospice care in Northeastern Pennsylvania. The organization will mark its milestone today. We're taping today, which I can't be there because we're taping, um, at the Center for Education on Montage Mountain Road. Um, 
and uh, Hospice of the Sacred Heart was founded in May 2003 thanks to the inspiration, which we do know, and I think this is a cool story, and motivation of Dr. Frank Bucci, Jr., MD. Dr. Bucci reached out to Diane Baldi to join him in this endeavor, and together they've opened Hospice of the Sacred Heart in 2003, and one year later in 2004, Hospice of the Sacred Heart was certified by Medicare and Medicaid as a hospice program. Dr. Bucci currently serves as chairman, which we know, of the board of directors. Um, it is a nonprofit organization originally located at 130 Wilkesbury Boulevard in Wilkes in Wilkesbury. Um, unprecedented grow unprecedented unprecedented did I say unprecedented? Unprecedented. So, okay. Yes. Oh, I can't say that. Um, growth occurred shortly afterwards, and the agency was uh, had continued to prosper to the point where they were provided with more than 1,600 patients, Lynn, wow. in 2017. The organization's main office is now at 600 Baltimore Drive. And then they have the inpatient unit in Dunmore and the Center for Education on Montage Mountain Road. Um, hospice is a member of the National Hospice, Hospice and Palliative Care Program, the National Palliative Nurse Association, Pennsylvania Hospice Network, American Academy of Hospice, Hospice and Palliative Medicine, as well as the Wilkesbury and Scranton Chambers of Commerce. Hospice of, the, Hospice of the Sacred Heart is also very proud to be accredited with the Community Health Accreditation program or CHAP. So it is a nonprofit um, since 2004, which is interesting. Um, and it has cared for over 1,600 patients, in, uh, obviously, because this year is going on in 2018, and employs over, which is amazing, 140 employees through northeastern Pennsylvania. And volunteer hours have provided 7,153 to support patients and families in 2017. Wow. Yeah. And I say that because it's remarkable that it it is what it is today i know you know yourself because you've been experienced, experienced it. it with uncle tom uh the people who i know who want to tell their stories of their loved ones and what their lives were and what hospice has done to to aid at the end stages sometimes for years because hospices we try to get out does not just mean the last three days of your life in an inpatient unit it's it's much bigger and more than that and um when you think about it and that diane you know dr bucci plucked diane from she was doing hospice before that hospice work to run this organization and be a female ceo rn and know this business and to be 15 years old with the growth that it is you know that it's been given through these years it's just remarkable and as you know this show we try and we always do is support as many women and and uh, get people to understand that it, women are capable and should be respected and put in positions and to have that happen i think is is remarkable remarkable i yeah i think that diane has done an extraordinary job and i don't know that she really intended to take on the managerial side of things when she was involved with hospice. She was more the RN right. side of it. So given that, I just think it's extraordinary that she's done what she's done and kept that business. 
truly a business mm -hmm. um, functioning and growing yep. and and has done some very smart things yep and so there it is today it is amazing what it has turned out to be from a thought that dr bucci had that there was a need for something like this mm -hmm. i don't think even he anticipated the amount of growth that it has experienced and the other thing is when you think about it to 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 have the idea to fund it originally which he did uh before it was uh, um uh, made it 501c3 and to pluck one person to start it and to see that one person in that position to get I, I don't know the whole story is is remarkable I think and it just proves that it can be done it mm -hmm. can be done and with the right people you pick the right people you you, you get it done so congratulations to uh, Dr. Bucci and Diane Baldy, RN, as we say, on 15 years of um, comfort and care um, in the hospice business to the families um, who have been cared for by hospice. So congratulations, Yay, Lynn. Yay. Yay. Yay so, um, yeah, so that's a good thing. I'm just I'm just so proud of her and I think it's wonderful. I, I just do. I think it's great. So there's a little shindig going on, even as we speak. Yes. That I'm not at. Because where okay. am I? Sitting You're... next to you. <laughs> Isn't that weird how that works? It's truly. Yes. I don't, you know, I say to people, don't ever plan anything on a Thursday afternoon at 12 o'clock and yes. want me there because I can't be there. Right. Exactly. How many years have we been saying this? Ten. Yes. There you mm -hmm. go. All, all nine. This is the middle. Well, almost. Well, the. It, yeah, this yeah. is. Yeah, this is our ninth year. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. The middle of our ninth year. Okay. Believe it or not. So anyway, on that note, we are taking a very quick break. We will be we will be right back. You're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show. Here's Laurie and Lynn. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Lynn Evans. I am the managing director of a business called Women of Substance LLC, which is a financial planning company devoted specifically to the needs of baby boomer women. I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse, which is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And my name's Laurie Cadden. I'm the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And last night, I want you to know I had a date. Aren't you going to say with whom? Uh, I figure you'll tell me that. Michael right. Gilmartin. Oh, Michael mm -hmm. Gilmartin was your uh, boyfriend last yep, night? Yep, because... Nada, Katie, Deb Peterson, were, they were at a function at the uh, honoring Jane Oppenheim um, mm -hmm. um, at the Scranton Cultural Center. Um, Meyer was at Janetti's with the Caters, Jimmy Cater and his wonderful, adorable father, Irv Cater, who graduated from Penn State in 1939 oh. 
and he was at the table with them because James Franklin, the coach of Penn State, was at Gennetti speaking to mobs of people, I hear. Mm -hmm. And did he get his picture? He got taken? he did Meyer sent me a picture of them oh, together. Yay. But he also gave Irv a shout out from above because he, thirty I mean he's a hundred and one years he's one hundred and one, Mr. Cater. Oh my and he's amazing. Goodness. He's a wonderful, the cutest guy. You just want to smooch him when you see him. He's so cute. And um, he was there. And, and so Meyer said he won a football. I said, signed by, by this guy? He said, no, but I gave it to Irv anyway. Oh, well, that <laughs> so nice. um, yeah, it was so cute. So there's a picture. He sent me the picture of Irv next to uh, James Franklin. And uh, it was just, and, you know, Meyer graduated from Penn State. So there's a lot of... Um, good stuff and you know they're talking about if you read the paper today there was a you know story about what he was talking about and how he feels Penn State has come you know all these years and um so anyway they were very happy so that happened last night and it was um it was a good thing, but so I was going to. Uh, oh, so because they, yeah. So I'm off on that tangent. So because everybody was somewhere, yeah. Um, I said. And Randy had to do the Wine Society. Deb Dudley was doing something else. So I said to Michael after a meeting at Scranton tomorrow, I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm going home to do gardening. I said, okay, forget it. He goes, why? I said, well, I thought maybe we could go get some dinner. And he said, I'll go with you. I said, well, people <laughs> might talk. You're a married man. And he said, I know. Well, we'll risk it. <laughs> so we, he and I went down, and then Nada and Elaine Shepard and Katie met us afterwards, Where? and we went to Alfredo's. Oh, okay. We sat in the same seat we sat in last week, and I took a picture of him and told my, my I sent it to Meyer and said, I've left you for another man. I oh, sent it to him. Nice. <laughs> it was cute. So we uh, had fun. We had fun. Okay. All right, we need a little drum roll here, so we're going to do a, oh, no. a quiz. Oh, no. Ten questions, all true or false. Oh. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. This is called Your Family Financial Exam. This is um, I've already failed. AARP <laughs> magazine. Well, you've had enough experience with the concept. Well, we'll see. We'll see. All right. About 60%, number one, about 60% of married couples in the U.S. make their household financial decisions as a team. True or false? False. You're correct. Only about 37% of couples share financial decision making equally which speaks volumes and I think we can probably figure out which of the two is the one making that decision. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Number two, middle income parents average $37,000 on child care and school costs per kid before that child gets to college. True, true or false? True. Um, that is true. And, and the appalling thing about it is that adjusted for inflation, the same um, things that kids would do in 1960, it would cost $4,000 mm -hmm. in today's dollars, right. that is. All right. So from 4000 to $37,000 per child. All right. Number three, on average, parents think kids should get their first allowance at age seven. True or false? On average? Mm -hmm. oh, see, I'm thinking of my own situation, so I'm going to say false. Okay, and when did you hold out till you gave them an allowance? I never did. 
You never did? Never. Oh, okay. Mm-mm. Never, ever, never. Well, the and answer here, is false. Is it false? Yeah. And it's a typical parent won't hold out till age 10. Yeah, I would think that would probably, that's why I was thinking 10 at least. Yeah. I just never did it. That was never something we got growing up. Again, you do what you're, yeah. or the exact opposite. And I just, they, I didn't expect, here's how I always look at my children growing, and this was my way of thinking. This is my house. And I am responsible for the things that have to be done in my house, whether regardless of whether I have to pay someone to do it or do it myself. I wanted them to do certain things, but what was more important for me is that they were respectful and they, they did what they needed to do to get the schooling they needed and to focus on what they should be focusing on as kids. Did I ask them to help me and did they help me? Absolutely. But did they get paid for doing it? No, they didn't. It was just expected. Like one took the garbage out, one took the garbage cans in. If I needed them to help me with anything, they would do it. Um, I never associated what they needed to do in the house with money because they also had little jobs. Remember Barbara, my kids went up, especially Tommy, he worked for Barbara when he was like a little kid and Barbara would pay them certain things so they always had little things like that so oh, I just good. never okay. expected I don't expect them to be paid to do stuff in my house right. I because what they did was simple keep clean up after yourself take the garbage out and if I ask you to help me with something or run somewhere or run up the steps they would do it not it's not their house to take care of that's how I always viewed it yeah I don't uh, I, I think that when I go go back uh, in my childhood, we had chores too. Yeah, and we, chores. We were assigned yeah. certain chores, and usually they got done on Saturday mornings. That was just the way it worked. Okay, or or like you said, there were times when the garbage had to go out the night before. So whatever night that was, that was somebody's job right. to do that as well. But we also got. Uh, like a dollar you know or something that and, and the value to that i think is that it teaches children the value of money so that when they need something instead of just assuming they can go to mom or dad and say i need this they get it mm-hmm. they understand how to manage money. i understand that and i just didn't think it was an important thing to do um i didn't because we were given money and I'm, this is the cutest thing, but we had our own little church envelopes when we were young and what my father would give us 50 cents, seriously, every mm-hmm. week and we would put it in our envelope. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking that, that like 50 cents is gone, you know, and we would have to, and so I always looked at it like whatever we did, I we gave to the church on yes. that. I mean, we would do things for many people, but mm-hmm. I just looked at that as that was what we did. And I, it was almost a... You know, we we got if we were we just we never it wasn't these you have to do this to get it. When I went to Spain in high school, plus we got jobs. I was a baby. I babysat at a younger age and worked. As I told you that time, I got a quarter for a, a, a quarter of an hour because my I got a dollar an hour. Yeah, and I said <laughs> keep it. You need it more than I do. But um, yeah. in fairness, it was the exact amount. But um, we had to do those things. So I always had those things but when I went to Spain my mother said to me your dad and I will pay for you to go to Spain but we'd like you to save some money while you're working to have some extra spending money so I saved some money and then they gave me some but that there were things we had to do like that but not 
not allowance, and I never did this, e- did it either. Okay. That might be why my kids will have money issues and think, eh, eh, but they, they don't, so let's keep our... And that's fine. Yeah. Okay, roughly 29% of women in dual-income marriages make more money than their spouses. True How much? False. 20%? 29% of women in dual-income marriages make more than their husbands. 29? Mm. I'm going to, I think it's higher, but I will say true. Well, you're right. It's true. Um, but I had the same thought because I remember we've talked about that before and I brought in some articles. Yeah, we, it people. seems much higher than I 29. I it was more than in the 30s. Yeah. But at least that that part of it is true. Okay. And <clears throat> they say it, it's it's up from approximately 16% in 1981. Okay. That's a big difference. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then parents think it's more important to talk about funding elder care than their adult children do. True or false? True. Um, That's false. Really? Yeah. 74% of kids said it was important compared to 52% of parents. Wow. I think it's just a... um, But parents in general are baby boomers. Yeah, that's generally okay. what it is. Yeah, no, because that's the biggest. So I just think it's denial, too. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to be fine. Okay. Okay, so um, number six, an average family. Where we are time-wise here. Okay, an average family in the top 10% of wealth in the United States receives an inheritance of about $367,000. Yearly? No, it's an inheritance. Yeah. So the average family in the top 10% receive an average $367,000. That's true. Why? It's not a lot of money to be in the average top 10. Exactly. But they now this is how they play games with this. All right. Meanwhile, families at the median level of wealth in the U.S. report an average inheritance of around 16000 I don't... So, that's statistically where that came from. I think okay. it's much higher than Yeah, that, I would assume, but okay. So, I have two wrong. Yeah. All right, number seven, the average payout from a visit from the Tooth Fairy in 2017 was $4.13. True or false? True. That's right, it's true. And interestingly, it's even higher in the West, an average of $6. Why? I, maybe they have to climb their Because they're gold mountains. teeth or something out there on the West Coast. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, uh, number eight. A family in the middle of the U.S. income range spends about one-third of its budget on housing. Yes, true. It's true. Low-income families spend about 41% and high-income families 30%. So the middle range is about 33 and a third percent. I've usually rounded it off to 35, and that, that's okay. Number nine, 23% of grandparents help pay for their grandchildren's education. How much percentage? 23%. Uh, uh, yes, true. Okay, 
this is another one of those tricky questions. So it's more? It's about 53%. Yeah, okay, I, yeah. But and, you know, I, after I said it, I thought, I bet it's more. Uh, but I was thinking more take care of this child, not pay for their education. Well, that's, that's what I was thinking. Okay. Which says, but 23%, which is the number that was in the question, contribute to their grandkids' health and dental bills. Okay. All right. That's more what I was thinking. All right. All right. Number 10, a firstborn child will probably end up as the highest earning sibling in the family. Um, well, I'd like to say true because I'm the oldest, but I don't know. So I'm going to say yes. True. It's true. It's true. Okay. Eldest children are also more likely to work in management when they grow up. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder why. why. <laughs> okay, so I got seven <laughs> right and three wrong. That's a low score, baby. Oh, that's okay. At least I had good explanations for you why did. I got them wrong. Because, you, you know, there's trick questions. That's right, trick. Well, we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> we're, you're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show. We'll be right back. Here's Laurie and Lynn. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show. I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And my name is Lynn Evans. I am the managing director of a company called Women of Substance LLC, which is a financial planning firm devoted specifically to the needs of baby boomer women. And I am also a, a host of a podcast called Power of the Purse, which is uh, available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And you know, we want to say too, and I should have set it up front and forgot that we just want to say you and I about our dear friend, Sue Henry. Yes. She's always been, I love Sue. I knew her when she met her when she was um, writing for news, the newspaper and she um, is a great gal and she was always so cute with us, wasn't she, Lynn, whenever she would see us or yell in or... She what? was the one who launched us, remember? The first time we tried this, no. she sat next to you. Oh, right, right. Because and she was... You because yeah. you said, I'm so afraid, I don't know how to do this. Scared of the bands, I know. So she was really wonderful. And she said our chemistry us. was great. Remember, yes, she, she did, did say that. I forgot about that. And she was just so always just such a wonderful person. Uh, again, we never. I don't disagree on on our politics, and I know she's a red uh, Red Sox fan, which is fine. But. Um, I like her. She a lot. has a she's a great lady. She's we used to every almost every week I'd be pulling in and she'd be waving on her way out out the, the in the, her car. So we wish her well and um I'm sure we'll see her. I still have her cell phone. As a matter of fact, I'm going to call her and make sure she's okay. But um, she'll do great, as she always does. Yeah, I, I do wish her well, wherever she ends up. We'll um, miss her, though. We we'll miss do her. miss her. I miss her uh -huh. being here. She's just really been a... Uh, she's just got a, a wonderful sense of humor. Yes. Sarcastic. Mm hmm biting sense of humor but i i just loved her she was great to be around yep. her so yeah. you go get him so yeah so what else do you have to talk I to me about interesting that i never i happened never to you have, before no i would never have thought of these questions because they seem to be so remote and bizarre but somebody wrote an article here i i can't see who the author is but this was from um, a magazine. I think I mentioned it last week. It was. It's called Aspire, and it's a publication of Raymond James, which is a, a very large um, 
broker dealer in our business that works with people who are independents. And of course, on the front page, the cover was uh, Sally Krawcheck. And inside of this uh, was an article called Live Longer, Live Better. And they say these three little questions can have big implications on your quality of life in retirement. Now, I would, again, I'm going to say, I would never, ever have thought of these questions. But here they are. The first one, who will change my light bulbs? <laughs> Wait, so, what? What? Who will Wait, change? Wait, what was the question? Who will change? No, no, change? no, no, no. The first part? This was three little questions that can have big implications on your quality of life in retirement. Okay. Okay? Yeah. First one is, who will change my light bulbs? Your answer would be Meyer. <laughs> no, I do change my own. Okay. Thank you. Although he has changed some. All right. Well, all right. And the point is, this question gets to the heart of long-term home maintenance and the ability to live comfortably and safely at home. Um, you can make plans to help maintain your home when you can no longer do the work yourself. To get started, you can draft a go-to roster of trusted service providers who can take on the tasks and then figure out the recurring costs. Now, I'd say that would be something like Home Advisor or what's the other one, the other app that everybody uses? Uh, Angie's List. Oh, okay. okay. So those are that's really very helpful and the point is that doing that and then also doing this other piece which I never knew existed but there is such a thing as uh, an aging in place specialist who is certified by the National Association of Home Builders so if you go online to the National Association of Home Builders and put in the search thing you're looking for an aging in place specialist in your in your area there are people who are certified and trained to be able to go into a home and make significant changes so that you can continue to stay there for much longer period of time because usually people say it's not safe for you to stay here because you've got this that or the other thing like too many steps and now they've created something where you can put in an elevator in your house that is nothing like the traditional elevator. You can start expanding the doorways so that you can fit a wheelchair. You can put in grab bars. So sort of retrofit? Yeah, so that you can stay in your home much longer. So this is something that a lot of people don't think about. They think, all right, I have to get out of this house because there's too many steps or there's too much this. But there are ways around this if you really want to stay. And for a lot of people, when they really get in their 80s and stuff like that, it's much more comforting to them to stay in what they know. Absolutely. So if you can do that, that's something you ought to consider. That all came out of that question. Who will change my light bulbs? The second crazy question, how will I get an ice cream? Part of living the good life is being able to easily participate in the little things that put a smile on your face. Uh-huh. And it may well be chocolate ice cream cone with sprinkles, or in my case, chocolate chocolate chip cookies. But the capacity to have that cone on demand requires reliable and safe transportation. So the question is, will you be able to drive 
Can you walk to a place where you could get whatever this thing is you want? Can you take a bus? Can you afford to have a driver help you if need be? And that might be an Uber driver. Who knows? But the thing is, you want to start thinking about these things in retirement that you have to, and I've been preaching this for years. It's not just about make the the budget that says you have so much money to spend on this, 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 and this, and do it so tight that you can't even think about I'm going to go get an ice cream cone. It's the quality of your life that really makes the difference. Right. So that's the kind of stuff. It's a focus on that. What are those little things I love to do or love to have? And how can I make arrangements for me to be able to get those things wherever I choose to live? And the third question is, who will I have lunch with? Lunch is more than a meal. It's a social occasion, as you and I both know. Absolutely. Who you have lunch with may better be, than dinner. <laughs> sometimes it is. Yeah. Who you have lunch with may be a good indicator of your social network. We're talking friends you see on a regular basis who will support your healthy and active lifestyle and on whom you can depend for company or even help should the need arise. Will you rely on family for company, your current friends, neighbors? Will you have to widen your social circle as friends move closer to family or into retirement communities? Social interaction is extremely important at any stage of life, but it can be particularly significant and life-affirming when you're in your 60s, 70s, and 80s. I just thought that was a fun piece Mm -hmm. because it really makes you think a lot about the things that most of us just aren't thinking about. No, we never get there. We just never get to that point. Well, I want to talk to you, too. I meant to tell you that Tuesday at the Scranton Cultural Center, the Lackawanna County Commission for Women, which I am president of. Didn't I see your picture in the paper for that? Yes, you did. We had our seminar Uh on Harassment Workplace 2018. It was at the center on Tuesday. And our panelists were Attorney Bob Uffberg from Uffberg & Associates, Mary Walsh Dempsey from Uffberg & Associates, Dr. Ada Rios-Rivera, who is a clinician with Tiffany Griffiths, um, Kim Wylam, who is a managing partner at Baker Tilly, Judge Trish Corbett, and Annie Gephardt, who is with the state. And um, the it was, I moderated, and it was moderated, it, and it was wonderful. I have yeah. to say, it had, we had a nice crowd, and the information given was perfect because it came from all everybody's in a different angle different opinions Mm -hmm. different ways of thinking from the from the legal end to the judicial end to the employment to the from the state from the um um psychological end it was very um nicely done i must say so a big thanks to everyone who participated everybody who came out and um was were you know listened it was uh just it's always you always anything i do i get like oh please please and it was was great so thank you everybody for that so we were happy with with all of that Mm -hmm. and um what else i forget what i was going to tell you well anyway oh there was something else you were going to say i know i had something else to tell you what can't remember so i know what i was thinking what you know i was driving 81 (coughs) and these trucks and i know they move you know they move everything across the country but man these big honking trucks driving in the passing lane 
and they pull right. I mean, I understand why there's so many these accidents because they just pull right out. They do. Right in front of you. And they, it's unbelievable. Or they just stay in the wrong lane, and then there's nothing worse when they're passing another tractor trailer mm -hmm. and nobody can move because they're both going slow and it's up a hill. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're going nowhere. So, um, yeah, shout out to all truckers. Truckers, I love you all, <laughs> baby. Uh -uh. I do, usually. But, because I know they, you know, it's not an easy job. I mean, think about it. It's not. When I, where I really noticed it was when we drove to Florida, you know, and you see on oh, 895 yeah. and you, you stop at the rest stops or wherever you, and uh, the trucks and just, I don't know how they, I don't know how they do it. Uh, no, I often think, you remember all those uh, commercials they used to do on television for, um, trucks? Uh, no, it wasn't that. It was the little boy whose dad was a trucker and he couldn't wait for his dad to come home because his dad would get a, a, a rock from every town that he went to or stayed in. No, and I don't when, when that. he got home, he was so happy because he would have all these new rocks that his dad would give him from all over the, all the different towns and cities he's been to. But the most important thing was that he was home. Oh, I see. you know that was it was very cute. It was sweet. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, I, I don't know if I spoke about this last week. I think I did, but I don't think I went into the depth of it. But I, I read something about this woman whose name is Janet Bodnar. And she wrote a book that was called Think Single, The Women's Guide to Financial Security at Every Stage of Life. And you and I were talking about that, but I, I don't think, I think I got cut off time-wise. But the point was that um, this woman has a very interesting perspective and what she said is it makes no difference if you're married or single or never married and what she said is that she really thinks that if you learn a little bit about money that you have this sense of satisfaction that you have control over your own destiny and then she said the, the feeling of that is that's what it means to think single and I thought about that for a while and I thought you know that has that just that's a great way to put it because statistically women end up surviving men their husbands and we end up being single um you know not anyway any fault of our own but it's not a choice so whether you choose never to marry or you are divorced or you are widowed the fact is that if you start thinking as a single woman, it's a lot stronger position for you to be in at some point in time when that actually happens. Mm -hmm. And it's a, a totally different perspective on anything I've ever heard before, but it makes a lot of sense. So if more women started thinking as single women, we'd be in good shape. Uh-huh. Here we go to all the single women. That's it. Yes. Anyway, we are going to leave you. Thank you once again for listening. Have a safe and uh, happy Memorial Day weekend. Enjoy the sun in between possibly a few raindrops, but it'll be overwhelmingly sunny, I know. So enjoy. So again, be safe and please be nice. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.